We're glad you're here with us today, and we really hope, like genuinely hope, that you've been able to listen to our previous episode on channeling, because that episode is laying a foundation. It's a setup for our series of conversations that we've had with various connectors to various realms of dimensions. Some people refer to these amazing people as channelers, but really they're connecting. And this information, this wisdom is uh, uh, being literally, as we say, channeled, flowing through them. And uh, we get to be the recipients of this in- incredible gift that they're they're giving to the world. And so... That episode is going to be a great primer for you to be listening to when you're listening to these interviews and these conversations that we're having. And this first beautiful human being that we were so very excited to get to visit with, um, her name is Courtney Amundsen. And Courtney is the author of the book Teachings from God. Greeting Your Soul and Revealing the Divine Within. She's a channeler. She's an author. She's an amazing musician and a lifelong spiritual seeker. In fact, when Courtney began her journey at the age of 16, that's, which is pretty young, um, she was regarded as the youngest professional channeler in the world. And in this beginning, the wisdom she received was really for her own evolution mm-hmm. and her own understanding. But after a short time, she was guided very strongly to share it with as many people as possible through her book. The book, Teachings from God, is phenomenal. Uh, everyone needs to have a copy of this book. It is so expansive and infinite in its wisdom, the ability to put things in a way that are easy to understand, and yet the the truths included in this book are very densely packed and complex universal truths that we get to explore. And I just fell in love with this book. Uh, it's, it's a book that you can pick up over and over and over again. Uh, you can read just a page or a line or a paragraph if you just want some inspiration or to feel like you have an entire uh, celestial host of high dimensional angelic beings as your cheerleaders for the day. It is incredible, and we are so excited to have Courtney on the show today. Mm -hmm. 
Welcome to the show, Courtney. We are so happy that you are here. Thanks for inviting me. Oh my gosh. Are you kidding? We are so excited. We are just so tremendously excited to get to talk to you. Oh, awesome. (laughs) That's awesome. No, I'm good. Um, Just came back from a walk. We have a lot of snow on the ground right now. So I took a I took my dog out for a walk, and that was nice. Aw, beautiful. Well, we've read your amazing book, Teachings from God, uh, but we would love it if you could share your story with how this book actually came into being. Mm. Well, it's it's a really beautiful story. Um, it's been almost five, no, six years now, actually, since this book came into being. And, um, when I started on it, which was, uh, March 12th, 2012, um, I started channeling this book and, um, I was 16 years old at the time. So the really beautiful, um, experience of coming into myself in a more full way. And it all started, um, it's always interesting when I go into this story because it feels like a lifetime of exploration and many lifetimes of exploration before this pinnacle, I think, in my experience. But I had been practicing meditation for, um, you know, many years before this happened, and I was very interested in ch- channeled material. My mom introduced me to Abraham Hicks, and... um I was a Qigong practitioner, and so uh, there was many different, I guess, spiritual awarenesses in my life um, up until this point. But um, it was a specific day, March 12, 2012, when um, when I had this awakening point, and I was meditating on my couch, and um, I normally did every single day. And I, um, I said, uh, I made this prayer. I said, what did I say? <laughs> I'm going back in time. <laughs> I said, um, I said, you know, the highest of light, the highest of love, please come into my body and show me what I need to see. And, um, and I felt this angelic presence come into my body, physically come into my body in this floaty feeling that just took over my entire self. And, um, I, I felt just transcendent and it it almost even felt like I had like (laughs) rose above the couch I was sitting, sitting under and, Um, and, uh, and I felt this just unconditional love come through me and this just incredible light. And, um, and I just felt so held in this place. And I, I thought, I know exactly what's happening. This is what happened to Esther Hicks when she started channeling Abraham and, It was funny because I had just been listening to some Abraham Hicks that morning. And so it was, it was all fresh in my, you know, memory of what's, what's Mm -hmm. happening. And so I thought, 
you know, in the middle of this experience, I thought I'm going to go to the computer, try not to stop this experience, but just go to the computer and see what happens and put my hands down on the keys and, and this incredible force started coming through my hands in a beautiful way, not in a scary way, but in a, you know, just this light just started shooting out my fingertips and, um, onto the keys and, I surrendered and I, you know, that was my prayer is just what, what, what do I need to hear now? And, um, that's when the words started coming through the very beginning of teachings from God. And, um, so the first, I think three, 400 pages were information just for me to kind of understand my purpose and why I'm here and, um, the purpose of the human experience. And, you know, I went on some really important, you know, journeying during that time. And then, um, then I was guided to create a book and that's where it became more universal in, uh, the material. And, um, and then I, I started to, uh, think about publishing. And, um, so now fast forward to, my 22-year-old self, it's been out for two years now, and, um, and it's, just, it's just been a really amazing journey. So that's where I am with it. <laughs> well, wow. that's, yeah, it's incredible. That's beautiful. I, I'm, I'm kind of blown away. I did not really quite realize that you did, when this came really through you and came pouring out of you and you're sitting at the keyboard and you're you're ending up with three to 400 pages. I mean, was mm. this all in one sitting? Did you like take a break and come back and re, you know, start the process of uh, repeating the, mm-hmm. the series of steps that you did, you know, of just uh, obviously you're a regular meditating individual and that was part of your daily practice, but is, did, did it all happen at one time? It was, it was not all in one sitting for sure, but it was a daily practice for me. And I would sit there, um, for sometimes a couple of hours at a time, sometimes three hours at a time, which seems insane, but I went into this timeless place where it felt like 20 minutes. So, um, hundred pages probably happened within, you know, the first couple of months, and um, by the end of all the material being done, I had about 900 pages, single spaced. <laughs> so wow. it was an incredible amount of, of of stuff that I had to weed through to get to um, to you know what we have now, which is about uh, 330 pages, I guess. So um, so it wasn't all in one sitting, but it was definitely what I call a very immersive experience because I was just in that, I was in that energy for, you know, pretty constantly for, you know, that beginning part of time of the journey. So yeah, my, my parents, um, often talk about this, you know, my, their experience of me during that time. And, um, and, you know, I kind of just, I really, sort of stayed in my own space a lot of the time. I, um, because there was such incredible things happening, it was almost like I couldn't 
integrate with the life around me. I'm sure. And so I was, I was just, you know, like taking my nature walks and, um, being quiet, painting, you know, meditating for hours and hours and, you know, people just sort of left me alone, um, because of what was happening. But at night after, um, my parents would come home after we ate dinner, sometimes I would do these channelings with them there as well. So they did, you know, they were part of it in a lot of ways in the beginning. Um, my mom was actually a big part of helping me get to that deeper place because I would become so, um, detached in a way I would have my own completely different experience while the words were coming out. So she would ask the questions cause it helped to, it helped to get the information out. Um, but I, I would, you know, in the beginning it was so dramatic and, you know, like a sci-fi movie, it was like, I would, um, see this energy body raise out of my physical body. And then I would go and travel to other places and times and, and then I'd come back and, you know, there would <laughs> sit a complete days and, and see all these words and then we would read it together. So it was always like, you know, I, I, it was new to me in a sense. Mm-hmm. Um, when, when I would read back the words, it was like, whoa, that's pretty crazy. <laughs> so it, it was, it's always surprised me, I guess, the, the depth of what's come through. Wow. So were you as Courtney when you weren't channeling this information? Were you having to, like, as your personality self, process what was happening to you? Mm-hmm. I think there was a lot of, um, it felt like this great polarity of, you know, my teenage self, which, you know, I had friends and I had, you know, different commitments. Like I was in, I was in an orchestra and I was in a quartet. And so, and I was, you know, in school, um, I did online school, but I still had schoolwork to do every day. So it was a very weird experience to be having to concentrate (laughs) in that sort of mind way, you know, Mm -hmm. just very like human like things. And then going off and experiencing these incredible, you know, larger than life experiences. Um, so I, I did feel very isolated in that sense that I couldn't, I couldn't talk about these experiences or I didn't feel like I could at least with anyone because I I thought it was, I thought it was weird. I thought people would think it was weird or Mm -hmm. maybe not believe me. Um, so I, I sort of just kept it within my family for a really long time. Um, but I do remember, I, I, I do remember sharing this, you know, with one of my friends at a music camp and, um, she was like, come on now. <laughs> yeah. She's like, yeah, I'm not sure about this. Well, and, I was going to uh, ask you, like, you know, with, yeah. within your friends, is right. your spirituality and these practices, clearly you've grown up in a home where this is a norm as far as meditating and, um, you know, being educated by channeled material. I mean, you know, I don't know how, you know, 
pretty much everybody knows Abraham Hicks and knows that material. Right. You know, we have these, what we would refer to as the pillars, the foundational pillars of channeled information. And that would be mm-hmm. like Seth and Jane Roberts and Esther Hicks and Abraham and Lee Carroll and Cryon. And, you know, these right. people that have been doing it before the mass awakening really took place. And here you are, Absolutely. you know, and you're, mm-hmm. you know, you've been how perfect by design that you're in the family that you're in. And yet, you know, we, we talk about that a lot, you know, as far as, as for us and where we're at as mothers, as caretakers, as parents, and you're trying to juggle all these things and you clearly, you know, at least had your family, but having your peer group and your friends, that's a huge thing to share with them. You know, it and, is and yeah. going through that process. That would be a challenge. Was there sort mm-hmm. of a natural weeding process that happened when you fully embraced your path? And I mean, did did some some people fall fall out of your friend group and and oh, you gained totally. new mm-hmm. totally people I, that were you more know, aligned? I, it was it was two different layers to this experience in the beginning, you know, I was, I was integrating myself into this new way of life that I knew, you know, was my life path now. And, um, so I was, I was processing that, okay, I'm not going to go to music school. I want to write books. I want to, I want to, you know, broaden into my spirituality. So I was realizing that in the middle of, you know, having all of my friends that were on the path of going to music school, you know, pursuing, uh, you know, really difficult careers <laughs> in what I felt was difficult career. Um, and so um, I realized I, I didn't feel on the same wavelength as a lot of them. and I, I distanced myself, you know, uh, from a lot of people just for that reason. I didn't feel like. I could connect on the same level and, and, um, but I, like I shared, I shared this experience with one of my friends and, um, she was like, yeah, I, I, this, this is kind of BS to me. I'm not sure about this. And I, I, but I was guided to tell her about it and share with her. And, um, so I, I let it go and I, uh, it's funny because, you know, we've stayed in touch and I saw her last week and she came over to my house and she said, will you do a channeling for me? I really need it. And, um, six years later and it it came full circle. They had to catch up. (laughs) She, she was like, well, I, I came around and and it was a really beautiful thing because, you know, it was like a planting of a seed six years ago. Uh And then she came to me and asked me to, to do this. And it completely, shifted her in an hour. So that is beautiful. Um, I think it's, it's a really, uh, amazing. And, and now that I'm older and I also, I've just, I, I've, I've come into myself in the sense that I, I like, I validate myself now. Mm-hmm. I, I don't need someone else to right. say that's cool or that's not cool. I know it's cool. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've had enough exposure now in the last couple of years that I've seen the impacts on people as well. So, you know, the, the reaction that I get now, 99% of the time is it's cool what you're doing, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, not like questioning me or challenging me. I don't get that as much. Um, and of course I have completely, you know, new friends, uh, but 
uh, you know, I've also hung on to some of some of the ones that you know over the years that um, that I still feel connected to. So it's sort of a mixture, but I just think you have to be authentic, and whoever fits in that box mm-hmm. is good, and whoever doesn't, you you'll find better ones. Absolutely. Yeah. I just want to say that we are so happy that you shared this with the rest of the world. I'm just over the moon with this material. It's so densely packed, and yet it's so easy to read it. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, there are so many, just like the Seth material and the cryo material, Abraham Hicks, you know, it's, there's so much universal truth that is interwoven into every chapter of, of the book. Do you ever um, go back and read it yourself and, and glean new insights from, from the material that you've brought mm. forth? Yeah, it's an interesting question. People ask me that a lot. And I normally find myself diving back into it when, when I'm on various shows. Um, but there was, you know, a lot of time in the beginning where I was reading it all the time. And, um, you know, truthfully, I feel like it was integrated within me as I was writing it. Mm-hmm. And it, um, I mean, obviously it came from within me in many senses as well. So it's there for all of us. It's information that's there for all of us. It's not new information. We're just remembering it. Right. Um, but I feel that that's, that's what happens when we pick up the book, um, is we are re-remembering and, um, of course it's, it's, it's always beautiful when I, when I read back, you know, these words and I, I always have to like stop myself and think, oh my gosh, you know, this really came out of me somehow, um, not in an ego way, but just like, wow, like this is the capacity of all of us, mm-hmm. you know, if we let it and, uh, and detach from our own selves. Um, so I, you know, I, it's not a daily practice for me anymore, like it used to be, but I feel that the difference is that I'm not just reading the words and thinking that's beautiful. I feel like I'm applying the teachings in like through action, through experience, through life, which um, is, I think, that, you know, what we want in the end anyway. Yeah, I was like, that's, um, that's a, what's intended. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So that's kind of where I'm at with it. Um, it's it's always beautiful to read the words back, but I I don't feel the same depth in that that I do just having a moment of silence and experiencing some beauty, you know, like out in nature or in a person or something where you can just be still and and listen and uh, gain something from that moment. So that's just the phase I'm in right now. (laughs) Well, yeah. So how do you identify um, or do you, maybe I should say that, but how do you identify the type of channeling that you're doing right now? 
you know, Mm. are you you going, you're not a a trans channeler. Would you consider yourself more of a conscious channeler or what do you even put a label on it? Yeah, it's interesting. I don't know. I don't, you know, I don't really have any labels for it because I think, um, well, I suppose I'm just anti-labels in every way, but, (laughs) (laughs) but, um. But with with the channeling, I think what I experience is I'm not completely detached in the sense that I don't remember anything and that, you know, I have no awareness of anything going on. Um, At times in the beginning, it did feel a little bit like that. Um, Sometimes I would not remember a single thing. Hmm. But uh, it's, it's evolved a little bit. Um, That was just in the very beginning. But now I think you know, in the past three, four years, the way that I experience it is it's a real depth, but it's, it's more like I feel that angelic feeling. Um, but I'm still there. I'm still listening. It's just, it's, it's kind of like sitting in the back seat and trying to listen to somebody talk from the front seat, Mm -hmm. you know, in a long van Mm -hmm. or something where it's sort of, it's pretty muffled from the back seat. Um, so you're still there, you're still present, you're still listening, but it's very distant. And um, I would say the fee- the channeling is what is most loud to me. Okay. Um, if the information that's coming through for a certain person, like if I'm working with somebody, uh, you know, a client, if that information isn't applicable to me in any way, then usually I'll just check out. Um, but oftentimes I think most often, you know, when I work with people, it's usually for both of us. So I, it's, Mm -hmm. it's a really beautiful thing to like, you know, you know, get paid to help somebody and also help yourself at the same time. Oh, we understand that. You know, we, we, we totally in our, in our work and our practice and working with our clients, we totally get that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you know, I, I don't, I don't know what that would be called, but I don't think we have I, to call it anything. I, we're, we're like, we're with you, you know, yeah. I, I think the paradigm of labeling and it it's, you know, labeling helps people. It's like a roadmap, right? It, it, it's, it's a yeah. way for us to be able to compartmentalize or to be able to have some kind of identification that we say, okay, we're going to understand that this term means this. And yet this is all shifting, you know, this is mm-hmm. all changing and we're, we are all trying in our own unique way to be changing this paradigm and, and creating this shift and, and, and encouraging that to unfold. And so, you know, not that we're into labeling, Exactly. But I, 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 you know, we know, I think we all three know and understand that for people who are, especially if they're new to it, it, it helps them have some kind of feel for it. And at the same time, you're just a channel. You are the channel. Yeah. yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think like, you know, it's, it's more the feeling and the change it brings about in you rather than looking at the personality in front of it and saying, this is what you're doing and you're a channeler and blah, blah, blah. Like I, I have become more and more 
focused, you know, anytime somebody sort of like puts me on a pedestal, I try to bring it down to the most simplest level. Like we're all channeling all of the time. And this is, these are the ways that you're doing it. These are the ways that you tune in. These are the ways that you practice mindfulness. Um, and you know, it's just, it's super empowering to go at it from that angle in the way that I'm working with clients these days. Well, not me, but the way that, you know, the channeling happens working with people these days mm-hmm. is so incredible. Like people leave like crying because they, they shifted themselves. You know, right. it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's like not coming from me or some outside force, but from within them. And yes. mm-hmm. so many people that, you know, they say to me, this, this, that felt like me, that felt like my <laughs> like divine voice. And like, yeah, this is what this is about. This is what I'm saying. You know, this is, this is what we're supposed to be doing. And, and people don't realize it can happen in like an hour Mm -hmm. (laughs) if we just open up and ask. Well, that's, you're exactly right. I mean, it's, it, it, people have to go through that experience of having that quantum leap that would that would be a quantum leap that yeah you have to kind of like transcend your old belief system that that's an impossibility that you couldn't have that within like this short amount of time and well, yet and that's a journey for for each individual person to get right. to that place right right totally yeah yeah well you know how has this transition been going into having been channeling, basically doing um, the writing to have you always done the voice channeling or is that something that has just come about in your process since you mm-hmm. began channeling? Good question. Yeah. Um, in the beginning, it was just the typing. That's, that's all I did was just the typing. Um, and, uh, that was, that was deep for me because, um, you know, I would, I would sort of begin this typing. I would close my eyes and I'd have, you know, have the screen basically turned off. So I was just, just typing and, and going into my meditation. And the moment that I would do that, my hands would, my hands would keep typing on their own. And somehow I could just go off and experience and have no recollection which is still crazy to me I, I bet. Um, that that's possible. Um, but, but my fingers just gained like this muscle memory where they knew where all the keys were and would just, just type. And, um, that just shows you, first of all, that there's, you know, many different areas within your, you know, physicality that mm-hmm. can function without your conscious mind being active, you know? So, um, that's what I did in the beginning for first, maybe a year, I want to say. And, and then, you know, also just writing with my hand, um, like on the paper, but, um, but then I, uh, I don't tell this story that often, so this will be exciting. Um, I went to this channeling group in the twin cities in Minnesota where I live. And, um, my mom found this group on meetup and she was like, you know, there's this channeling group. We should go and see what it's all about. And this is the first time that I ever went to anything. So 
you know, like channeling wise. So I was like really excited and, you know, nervous about it. And how are they going to compare to me? You know, like, <laughs> but, uh, basically we, we, we go and it's just a group of, a group of people staying in a circle and, and, uh, everybody got to ask a question and, and get a channeled reading from these different, uh, women on this panel. And, um, and we start doing this meditation and everybody got a notepad and, um, and, uh, I just ended, ended up randomly like channeling like seven pages within that two hours or something. And, um, so I, and that information blew me away. And so anyway, the people there asked me to share it at the end. And that was the first time that I shared anything publicly with, you know, anything outside of the family really. Wow. And, uh, everybody's mouths were just dropped open. They were like, Whoa, that was crazy. <laughs> and, um, so I, I kept going, I kept going week after week for a couple of years. And, um, within, you know, six months or something, you know, they asked me to be on the panel. So I was like 17 and I was, I started doing these, you know, public meetings as well and, um, channeling for the public and, and uh, so then at that point, I had to start using my voice. And and that was the introduction of that. And, um, you know, I was a little self-conscious about that, mm -hmm. but I tried it. And uh, and uh, it was it was even more powerful. So, you know, the way that the voice comes through now, you know, it's it's a whole new level of, of feeling because, you know, there's just, you know, intonation, the way that we speak, you know, that mm -hmm. says a lot. And, um, you know, that angelic voice that you read in the book, you know, to hear it through somebody's voice is even cooler, I think. So, well, sure. It's mm -hmm. the sound, it's the frequency, yeah. it's the vibration. Yeah. Right. Right. So that's, that's what I do now. Um, hundred percent of the time. And, um, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's good. And I think, you know, what's, what always strikes people is, um, how they can feel that shift within them, you know, mm -hmm. without doing anything, without even asking a question, you know, the moment that, that they start talking to somebody, you know, in a reading privately, you know, it's like you feel this wave of energy come over you and it's just, you know, it's cool. I don't get it, but I like it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to say, I think for the, the person that's in the room with you, you feel the authenticity, you feel the integrity mm -hmm. of that. Mm -hmm. And it's something that just speaks through your heart space. You know, we're feeling that and we're not processing that mentally. We know the truth of it. And I, right. I think that's... You know, I can speak for myself. I mean, I know that's what I feel like whenever I'm having, if I'm having a session with somebody that I'm the participant and I'm not the one that's the channeler, that you're, you, you just know it, you know, and you feel that complete, beautiful, unconditional love. But I, right. I will say that I feel that just from reading Oh, the yeah. words as well. I think that that the vastness of that love and unity comes through 
in in the in the written word. You know, the energy of that comes through equally um, in the book. Oh um, yeah. I mean, that's the you one thing that I, I mean, you just feel like you're floating. It's so <laughs> beautiful and uplifting and you did just like, you put it so well, you feel like you're just held in love and being supported mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's, there's definitely moments where I, I sometimes, you know, get nostalgic about those, you know, those beginning moments because I was still so in awe of it that I just couldn't, couldn't get enough of it. And, you know, now sometimes I'll reread the words and it's, you know, all all these beautiful words. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) I've heard this, (laughs) you know, and I, you know, sometimes I just wish I could (laughs) go back and re-experience that Mm -hmm. sort of, you know, just feeling that, Mm -hmm. you know, for the first time sort of, thing but like I said you know I I experience it in different ways now but or through music too you know Uh as a musician you know I I experience it I think fully in that way but it's always it's always working itself around me in different different areas of my life um do you get any visual imagery while you're channeling hmm not not visually in the sense that I actually see something in my like in my vision, but um, the weird thing that I, I always have a hard time explaining this to, to people. But whenever I receive images, it's kind of like in the in the form thought mm-hmm. um, or thought form, mm-hmm. um, like I have I have an idea of what what something, you know, the information that I'm getting. Um, and it, sometimes it comes in metaphors. Sometimes it comes mm-hmm. in, you know, like I said, intuitive thought, mm-hmm. um, but never like physical images that that's not really part of what I've experienced. I have experienced, you know, visions before in, you know, deep meditations, but Normally when I work with people, um, what comes through is just, you know, kind of automatic. Um, but sometimes uh, I'll feel a certain color, a certain mm-hmm. um, emotion maybe in part of a body. And then and then they'll take somebody through that process and uh, tune into that and see what that feels like and what's underneath that. And then a story will be there. Okay, let's go into that. What does that feel like? What does that mean to you? Um, and sometimes people will hold images within that. And it's always interesting for me to feel, you know, in a reading, like, oh, there's a feeling of this in this part of the body, and then ask somebody to go there, and then they say the same thing. You know, that's always interesting for me, but... Um, mm-hmm. It's, you know, it's not really like a dramatic experience in any way. I tell people, you know, channeling is not, it's usually not this big dramatic thing. It's being able to be sensitive enough to tune into the subtlety. Mm-hmm. And then the sub, the subtlety of that experience, you know, you, you learn for it to be loud enough so that you can hear it and understand it. Um, 
but it's it's not it's not a grand grandiose thing usually. I know from um, in our practice, we work on clients together. Mm. So there's the two of us, and we've known each other for decades. Um, working on a client together, doing Reiki and sound healing and also channeling information. And it's it's quite interesting when we deconstruct that because, uh, you know, we get to experience each other's experiences during right. the session. And it how, or one of the things that I think is endlessly interesting is how the channeled information that comes to us for the client comes in a way that each one of us individually can understand. Like you Mm -hmm. were talking about, like in metaphors or a color. And it's like, what does that mean to me so that I can communicate that um, in a way? And so even though the, the theme or the concepts are the same, the information comes to each of us individually in different ways. And it's just such a, just such a testament to how we all have these abilities that, you know, we can't compare our, how information comes to us with it, how it comes to anybody else, because we're all so individual and unique in, in how we're going to be receiving that information. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That's, that's, what's really beautiful about the experience is that it's always, um, it's, it's always personalized to, mm-hmm. to whoever you're working with. So it's never like a, the same process for anybody, right. for any two people. And the way that it comes through is always, you know, it just touches upon that deepest part of somebody. Mm-hmm. And, right. Um, right. You can't ever, you know, I don't usually know a single thing about people that I right. work with. Oh yeah. Sometimes there most of them are international (laughs) you know so most of them are you know even out of the country Mm -hmm. and you know some people you know uh, (laughs) you know you can you can hardly even communicate with but it's like okay but we're we're let's just you know go into the meditation and people experience it through their heart Mm um and uh it's, you know, the language of the heart is, it transcends mm-hmm. any, any physical language barriers. <laughs> oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I agree. It's, mm-hmm. it's a, it's a mystery. And also, you know, it's kind of good that it's a mystery because it allows us to just get out of the head and experience it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Can you speak a little bit about um, your understanding of what dimension of reality the beings that you channel come from? Mm -hmm. In the book, um, there is some talk about this, about dimensional realities, because this was something that I was very interested about and you know it's it's like with anything you get you get hooked on something you get excited about something you want to know everything about it and 
that's how I was in the very beginning, you know, oh my gosh, where's this coming from? And, and who are these beings and how many are there? And, and, you know, then they said they're a collective and then I'm like, what collective? And, And you know, I was just like, you know, super into all of it and researching and, and, you know, just kind of going nuts about it. And then, you know, I started to relax about it over time because I realized it was really about, um, it was really about understanding ourselves, not, not that energy. Um, because here's what I got in response to that, the analogy of the pot of soup. And you might, you might have come across this in the book or maybe not yet, but Um, there's this analogy about, uh, about, you know, the state of oneness being like the pot of a big pot of soup. And there's many different flavors within this pot of soup that we can taste individually when we focus upon it. You know, you can taste the basil, you can taste the thyme, you can taste the potatoes or whatever. Um, but you won't go in and count the molecules of water. You know, right. it's it's a collective at that point. It's it's um, it's one liquid at that point. And so they talk about the the energy of oneness being that same way that you know there's different personality flavors within um, what we call spirit or what we call you know oneness. Mm-hmm. So when I'm tuning into what I'm tuning into is, is a flavor of that. And this flavor is defined not only by myself and my higher self, which is connected to all that is, but, um, also the, you know, that flavor of that specific energy, which, um, they have said to me is the highest vibration that we can tune into as a humankind. So, um, that's as much as I care about, to be honest with you. Um, as long as it's coming from the highest place of light that I can possibly tune into, I, I'm happy. (laughs) Um, and, um, you can feel that in the way that it comes through as well. And, and I'm not saying that other people aren't doing the same. I think many people are doing the same. So it's not like my version is higher than your version. You know, no, I don't do that. Um, but for sure it's, it's the intention of, of, you know, connecting with the highest of light that I think always, uh, you know, I never had any weird experiences with channeling in other words. Mm -hmm. Well, no, Um, I think what we were intrigued by, what really kind of caught our eye was that and, and, and this is a quote, I think I'm going to just like a little snippet here mm-hmm. that you wrote that from the light tribe of Gaia located in the yeah. fifth dimension atmosphere. I know you're like, oh, is this something people get hung up on? Not that I'm hung right. up on it, but I, I, I'm that kind of just opened up mm-hmm. a whole new realm of possibilities. Yeah. You know, yeah, like, I are these future versions of ourselves or is this a complete, you know, I mean, there's so many different ways of interpreting right. that. We understand that, but. We, we, we thought that was pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, that that came through a couple of times. So 
it's interesting because, you know, throughout the evolution of writing this book, there were a couple different uh, flavors that came through, mm. the Light Tribe of Gaia being one of them. Um, so, yeah, I did get a little bit hung up on that. Like, okay, how, how did these all come together, you know? Um, but in the end, when you look at the book as a whole, it has, it, it, it all sounds the same. Right. Regardless of the word at all, it, it, it all feels and sounds the same. Mm-hmm. Um, Light Tribe of Gaia, I think, you know, that, I, do I know that much about that? And I don't know, but, um, <laughs> but to me, it's, it's like that, that force, I have heard of the Light Tribe of Gaia, but, um, if you guys have listened to Solara Onra, she's another channel. That's so we funny. You know, she's going to be on our show. She's one of our oh, beloved she's mentors. She's one of our teachers. She's one of our teachers. We've, yes. We've, we've known her for a long time. We're so connected. Well, with yes. Her. I, I've, I've communicated with her recently as well and mm-hmm. got her on this documentary that I'm going to be on. Awesome. Um, so she's going to be on that as well. Awesome. Um, oh, wow. But, um, yeah, she, you know, I, I heard that term from her originally, but mm-hmm. I think, you know, I think that deals more with, you know, the earth energy specifically. Um, but uh, it's it's all loving, you know, it's all loving. It's all guardians of the light. So um, and, and and again, you know, with with working with people individually as well, it's different, too, because then it's then it's focused more on that person's soul. So. Um, I don't even use the word, uh, channeling that much anymore these days. I usually tell people, um, uh, if I'm working with people one-on-one, you know, I, I call them soul readings mm-hmm. because I feel like that's what the focus is, um, on the personal level. But, but, um, you know, the dimensional realities don't concern me that much anymore. I think what I've learned is they're not actual planes of existences. You know, they're not physical places. In other words, they're mm-hmm. energetic frequency. Right. Exactly. So, um, so it's, and it's also not levels either. That's, that's, mm-hmm. you know, it's not that these things don't exist. They very much do. It's just the way that we interpret them, right. which gets complicated. So once people start talking about dimensional realities and all this stuff, people think levels, they think different places, they think. Well, they, uh, they impose a hierarchy on it, right? They think yeah, that if something is up here, then this is down here and it creates yeah. more separation, more division. Right. Whereas like in the channeling state, you are in a different dimensional reality, mm-hmm. but it's within you, right. you know? So, right. It's, it's, that's where it gets complicated, but, um, you know, what dimensional reality is it coming from specifically? You know, I've been told different things, but I don't know, um, what I think about it, to be honest with you. I, I'm sort of like, I I know how it feels. I know where it's coming from (laughs) in the highest of place. So, but it is interesting. I, I, I will say that it is it is always interesting no well, you've done a beautiful job explaining yeah, it yeah. I, don't, I don't you know I, I we're definitely not seeking some sort of definitive 
answer. I think that yeah. kind of just <laughs> caught our because because of Solara, because we know that, that that's a very specific that kind of triggered a, a connection for mm-hmm. us, you know, coming across. Well, and also, it, I mean, I will say, and I've read a lot of channeled information, and I will say that one thing that I really appreciated about the book and about your mm-hmm. the wisdom that is um, shared in the book is that it feels, you know how when you, read some channeled information and it feels so distant and so almost unrelatable to the human experience and the the wisdom that that's coming from or coming through you just feels very relatable to the human experience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It feels yeah, very that's... tapped into the human experience and the challenges and the struggles and what it's like to feel separate and alone and uh, like you're unable to see the bigger picture. And I guess it just stuck out with me whenever I read that, you know, the light tribe of Gaia, like Mm -hmm. how connected they are to the human experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. And in my second book, which I completed, it's yet to be edited, but um, it's even more, more focused on the human experience and um well we need all the help we can get so i think that's beautiful yeah for sure (laughs) and you know i i definitely was you know struggling a lot of the time with that second book too so um it's got more of my desires in it as well um less just uh, sort of automatic transmission but more you know, what I wanted to hear Mm -hmm. about as well as, um, I also opened it up to the public. So I said, people send in my, send in your questions and I will, uh, record a channeling, put it up on YouTube and then add it into the book. So there's quite a lot of people's, um, personal questions integrated in it as well. So that'll be interesting to see how that impacts people. Would you say that you have, a soul agreement with to be this channel, you know, for mm, the information yeah. you're bringing forth. Totally. Yeah. That was clear to me from the beginning. Mm-hmm. And, um, of course it was like, okay, here's, here's what you got to do. Um, if, there's always free will, but once you say yes, then, then, um, you know, we're <laughs> gonna... there's no going back really, you, <laughs> you know, better, yeah, buckle in. <laughs> what's been basically. seen cannot be unseen. <laughs> You know? Yeah, <laughs> totally. So, you know, I said, yeah, I, I'm down. And once I said yes, I didn't really realize <laughs> all that came with that. But <laughs> the commitment that you were making. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know. I know, because there are times I know for just for us and, 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 and with people that we love that are also in this field, it's like, we all have our dark nights of the soul, if you will, that Mm -hmm. we want to kind of, um, like, I don't even want to do that today, you know, (laughs) and you're not going to get away from your, you know, that connection and that commitment. And, um, and, uh, you know, I, we understand that so much. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's good stuff. (laughs) (laughs) 
It is good stuff. It is. I mean, this is this is all for our expansion, right? We're all doing yeah. what we're well, doing. One thing that we definitely speak to clients about a lot is everyone loves the expansion part of it, but you know, the I think that the dark night of the soul is is not as enjoyed as the rest of it, but it's so important. It's the retraction yeah. where you, know, you get to have the integration. It's like, know? what do I really believe? You know, like, can yeah. I, how have I integrated this into my human experience? Oh, that's just it. That's just it. How am I putting it into my real life? You know, it's not good enough to just go to meditation groups. It's not good enough to Mm-mm. just go to yoga class. You know, you, and that, that's, what I think, you know, <laughs> yeah. so funny. It is. People are like, well, are, you must be living such an enlightened life now. And <laughs> it's all great. And I'm like, no, I feel, you know, more human than ever. You know, it, yes, it was very, um, it was completely easy peasy in the beginning. I will be honest about that. I, mm-hmm. I felt like there was nothing wrong with life, anything that was happening in the news. <clears throat> completely detached i was just like you know i was just in this completely different realm and um then i was being given more lessons and that's when you know (laughs) Mm -hmm. oh Oh, yeah that's where it got interesting (laughs) oh yeah um Uh and um you know yeah stuff stuff happened and and really threw me for a loop and um and uh so now I just I really just have to go day by day and mm-hmm. you know some days I I don't some days I just stay in my house and I you know just sort of keep to myself and I I try to be gentle with myself on those days and uh then other days I want to go on adventure and spend time outside and I just try to go with the flow, but it, you know, it definitely is like a harsh environment some days mm-hmm. in the world. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's hard to deal. Yeah. We, we, we can be tried for sure, you know, yeah. of, of traversing the challenges and it's where you're just like, am I being punked like by my higher self <laughs> right, or what? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> like, because this isn't funny. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> give me a break. <laughs> Literally, give me a break. <laughs> Uncle, yeah, I can't take it anymore. Mm-hmm. But then just when you think and you actually like think to yourself, like, I cannot stand this for one more second. It's like something just really pushes through. It breaks through and you're on the other side of it, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's kind of a cool process. Of oh, of course. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's always layers. <laughs> yeah. We don't even, you know, can comprehend the infinite layers <laughs> that we we are all individually and collectively going through, you know. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> can you um, speak to the importance of having a regular meditation practice? Oh, I wish I could. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't really have a regular meditation practice now in the sense of sitting down and meditating. Mm -hmm. I'll just be honest about it. But um, 
But one thing is, I don't think meditation is just that either. Right. Um, I think meditation is mindfulness. Uh-huh. That's how I talk about it. Um, and that part, I think I'm doing much better at. Um, and the way that I do that is just, it, it, it's, it's, it sounds self-explanatory, but it really is a really deep practice, which I'm sure both of you understand. But um, being able to be conscious of each moment and the thoughts that are coming in as they're coming in, mm-hmm. noticing that, you know, there's an observer and there's an experiencer. Right. Being able to separate those two, I think, is the key to freedom. Um, in ultimately what we're looking for in meditation mm-hmm. because um, meditation, it's not about quieting the mind. It's supposed to be about observing the mind. Mm-hmm. We're not supposed to get rid of our mind. Right. We have it for a reason. Exactly. And it's, it's the human experience. So when people say like, Oh, you know, meditation isn't for everybody. I can't clear my mind. I'm like, well, yeah, you along with everybody else. Right. <laughs> you know, that's that's not the point or what we're looking for. Um, so, you know, when I do meditate uh, in the sense of just, you know, actually sitting down and, you know, putting music on or whatever, I, I just observe and I, um, you can go deeper into meditation, you know, when you have a, uh, spiritual master or, or, um, a, you know, a, a practice of calling upon a higher source to Mm -hmm. help you, which is, you know, ultimately what I think, how you deepen your connection with your divine. It's about actually asking your divine, you know, um, so what's the purpose of a regular practice? It's everything, but meditation can happen, um, in many different ways Mm -hmm. for each individual. And especially if you have a monkey mind, you know, there's different things that you can do to, to help you to get to that point. Uh, uh, of being able to just observe. And that's, that's the practice of mindfulness that I have found to be important because I, you know, I, I struggle with anxiety a lot. And, uh, that's something that I talk about openly because it's like, you know, we talk, we talk about our gifts, but we don't always talk about the other side of gifts, which is, you know, if you, if you have a sensitivity like I do, which makes me really great at channeling, but also sometimes really open to, to everything else. Mm-hmm. Um, so I started learning this practice of mindfulness and, um, in moments where I would get overwhelmed or, you know, anxious, I would, I would stop and I would look at the first thing that I saw, you know, which right now is a tree. And I would, you know, I would observe the tree. I would observe the color and the texture of the tree and observe, um, you know, and then my mind goes to the next thing and then I see, oh, and then there's snow right there. Wow. That's really beautiful. Look at how the shadow is, you know, uh, is, is 
is shining over the pavement and and then you have a thought oh i need to get bananas at the store and then so you're noticing 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 in each moment mm-hmm. instead of controlling what right. you want your mind to do which is often how people go about meditation mm-hmm. you're just observing there's no wrong you're not supposed to stop your thoughts um because you can't mm-hmm. <laughs> so just observing um and uh i think that's the key um to you know meditation as well or just any practice however you experience meditation sometimes it happens for me um when i'm playing music or when i'm taking a walk i think meditation for me has taken more on the form of of uh, mindfulness but um it's definitely key to be to be conscious so whenever whatever you're doing mm-hmm. well you're articulating something that we uh, we we believe to be true that we mm-hmm. that we're all in agreement here <laughs> yeah it's so awesome and refreshing to hear that reflected back right now in this moment because you know just from our own experience of of interacting and working with with our our clients it's it's like you kind of have to people do have preconceived ideas about what that means to have a meditation mm-hmm. practice you know and we're big proponents of active meditation right. as well of just the mindfulness know. right whether it's you know uh, engaging being fully engaged in in some sort of an activity that is you know excites you and yet you can get you know, into that real daydreamy state where so much information can come through to you, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, from your higher self, whether it's painting or, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I'm sure the same can be said when you're playing music. Oh yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's being in that now moment and being very uh, aware of that, of, of that present moment. For sure. Mm. Yeah. I think I experience it most most now when I'm doing art or music, because mm-hmm. um, I just I just go into that zone really mm-hmm. quickly. Yeah. Um, and I think the more you spend time in that space, the more it becomes automatic, uh-huh. and the more you recognize it, so that it's not this, um, it's not this big deal when you when when mm-hmm. there's silence. You know, it feels more like. Um, like you're building new grooves in the mind each time you do it. Mm-hmm. So, um, and that's the practice of kirtan for me as well, which is something that um, I have started doing this year. And, uh, you know, I'm leading kirtan now. And it's just an incredible practice that, again, is another form of meditation for me. So, um would you mind just for our listeners that may not be familiar with kirtan, mm-hmm. would you just yeah. speak to that? Yeah. So kirtan is a call and response style of sacred music. Um, comes from the yoga field. It's called bhakti yoga, mm-hmm. and um, which basically is uh, yoga of devotion. So the songs that we sing are in Sanskrit, mm-hmm. um, which is an ancient language that comes from India. And um, 
And so these chants are very ancient and have been chanted for many, many years and um, many hundreds of years, thousands of years, I'm sure. Um, oh, and, yes. and so, well, the songs, the songs are within the first, within 500 years, but, um, the chants themselves, you know, far longer, I'm sure. Um, but, but, um, they carry a power, you know, just the ancients that, that, that energy carrying through that many years that builds power, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, um, what's, Amazing is um, when you have a group of people come together and all chant those words together, um, names of God. You know, it's there's there's something that happens that's mm-hmm. magical. And um, the way that kirtan works, so there's a kirtan leader, which in this case would be me. So I sit behind the harmonium and I play the harmonium. And um, I sing the first line, and then the audience sings the line after. So it's call and response. So, um, you know, I'll sing one line, and then people sing it back, and then I sing the next line, and then people sing it back. And these chants can last for, you know, many minutes, sometimes thirty up to 30 minutes, if, if you want, you know, for each song. Um, usually I do about 15, 15 minutes, about. Um, and so... And then we have, you know, we have uh, Indian instruments as well as um, like the harmoniums in Indian instrument. But then we have uh, other instruments like guitar and drums. And um, I have some some backup singers. And um, so it's it's really, really fun. And um, we had one uh, on uh, January 27th. So just at the end of January, I Is held that one. your birthday? That it was my birthday was three days before. So, so yeah, your birthday is on the twenty fourth. Yeah. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A so fellow Aquarian. Was, I'm on the twenty yeah. fifth. <laughs> We're a day apart. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So I. I well, what I a beautiful a birthday gift for your. I mean, just that's amazing. Mm-hmm. It was really awesome, and we had about fifty people come to my house and. Um, we made a feast and, uh, everybody was dancing and singing and, oh my gosh, uh, it was, it was a party. And I had, um, I don't know if you guys know Ragini. She's a mm-hmm. well-known Kirtan artist. Yes. She, she came, she flew in to, to celebrate with me. Now, how did, did you two get yeah, connected? You know, yeah, that's did amazing. Did you know her? Yeah. Um, yeah, we're good friends now. I, I reached out to her a couple of years ago. She, she actually, um, came on my Spotify playlist randomly while I was writing this book. And, um, I came out of my meditation. I was like, who the heck is this? This is an incredible voice. I felt like I knew her before. And, um, I just had this sense. I just knew her. And so I reached out to her and, um, and, uh, realized she was in Wisconsin and uh, then we met. Right uh, next door. <laughs> yeah. So we met and now we're really good friends. And wow. she's helping me with my album. And Oh, my God. Uh, she's uh, so anyway, she she flew and stayed with me for that weekend. And so we made we made a lot of good music. And I can just and, see uh, the glow of your ha- above your house, <laughs> that vibrational frequency yeah, of that. It was crazy. <laughs> I mean, that would be so just like your heart had to have felt like it was about to explode. It did. It really did. And the people, the people too. 
um, were incredible and, you know, people brought their own percussion and, and, um, so it was just, the house was just buzzing. I, I could imagine our neighbors could hear, (laughs) you know, woo. Yeah, it was powerful, but, um, for sure, you know, that, that's, that's, that's like (laughs) just as ecstatic as a really blissful, peaceful, Mm -hmm. silent meditation, I think you know, we're supposed to get in our bodies. Too. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, and Kirtan, Kirtan does that for me. Now, so are you people. making a Kirtan album? Yes. Okay. I'm making an album. So that's the next thing. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's going to be a full mantra album. I'm not, I'm not sure it's going to be Kirtan in the sense that it's call and response. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be a duet album. Um, uh, so I'm working with someone else and, uh, he's, uh, playing guitar and singing with me. So it's, it's a really beautiful, just acoustic, um, album, some low key tracks and also some good like car jams that people can sing along to <laughs> in the car. So yeah, I, I, I think that. it's so it. beautiful that you're just allowing yourself to get you know, whisked away into whatever excites you. And I just, I think it's, you know, it's so important to just follow those excitements and, and, and that's, that's being your authentic self, you know, in, in the truest sense. Um, Do you receive some other higher wisdom from your guides about sound as a healing tool? Oh, yeah. Um, Sound is, I think, the most powerful tool that we have. We would agree. Um, Agreed. Even within my Qigong practice and learning from my teacher, uh, who is Master Chuni Lin, um, he founded Spring Force Qigong, and um, he's been my teacher since I was nine years old when I first met him. And um, he's just the most powerful, profound person I've ever met. And um, that's how I learned meditation in the first place. I feel like he was the foundation for all of the growth that I think happened. Um not that it didn't come from me, but I think it definitely, that was the spark. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I learned about chanting from him in the first place, um, because we used to chant, you know, the six word chant. Right. So I was, I grew up chanting that and listening to that and feeling the power of that. It's one of those ones that's just like home to me. You know, I always go back to it. Um, and then it, you know, it's sort of just, that's all I really listened to, um, until I heard of Rogany, you know, when mm-hmm. I was 16. So there was, you know, a period of time where I didn't really listen to anything else. Um, well, I, I, I suppose I listened to like David Pramal, but, mm-hmm. um, but we love her, you know, the, the power of mantras as well, mm-hmm. um, Oh yeah, David from All is amazing. I got an email from her the other day. <laughs> oh my gosh, how yeah. exciting! Yeah, it was crazy. Um, but uh, yeah, the power of sound, though, I think is the most uh, powerful tool that we have, and mm-hmm. it 
Have I received specific guidance about it? Uh, I think so. I can't mm -hmm. remember specifically at this moment, but I know that um, it's it's one of those ways to activate our physical bodies, and our physical bodies have so many of you know all the tools that we're looking for reside within our physical beings. So when we talk about the Akashic records, all of that stuff, that cosmic library, you know, storehouse mm -hmm. of information that's oh, uh, yes. right within us. So um, sound is one of those ways that we can, we can access that. Um, so, you know, I, I have crystal bowls as well. So mm -hmm. I, I, I play those. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm such a feeler. I'm not really into the, like, I got to know everything about it. I'm, I'm sort of just on board with how does this feel? And then, you know, that's, that's sort of how I do everything. So, um, you know, there's so many people though, that are experts about sound that, <laughs> oh, yeah. you know, <laughs> but I mean, I even if you think you know everything that there is to know, I mean, you yeah, can you revisit <laughs> that next year or the next mm -hmm. year or whatever and, and realize that you knew very little, you know, it's always <laughs> something that, I mean, yeah, I, totally. I, I get where you're coming from mm -hmm. of like, why do we need to know? Well, and we don't need, we talk we about experience that a lot. it, you right. know, that we don't need to quantify it. Right. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's interesting it's interesting, but, uh, well, we utilize a lot of specific Hertz frequency tuning forks, uh, in our practice and we don't know every single detail about those particular frequencies, but we know from like, you're just talking about how does that feel and what is the response that we're getting mm -hmm. and being intuitively because yeah, we're in that moment, trusting you know? that guidance. Right. I don't know why I'm picking up this fork, but, but I, I don't I have need to, to know. use it right now. I know that mm -hmm. I trust that mm -hmm. it's perfect. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's mm -hmm. really the bottom totally. line. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. I agree. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, there's, there's so many mysteries. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think Cryon would say that maybe we're just not going to understand everything. It's quantum. Because we're hum yeah. It's quantum and we're human beings. <laughs> right. right. That, that's exactly where I'm at with so many of this. So many of these things is um, we're always going to have a human filter. We right. Can't, we really can't get all of it. Even within this book. There's so much that we're not going to touch upon because it's it's layered. And the way, the way that I see it, I really do feel like it's layered in the sense that um, even as we're reading it, you know, there's there's things that are. Um, oh, how do I say this? It's um, beyond the words. Mm -hmm. There's energetic um, codes mm -hmm. or. Mm -hmm. um, energetic information that we receive right. on a different level. Mm -hmm. And this is something that I don't share as much. I, I know it's in the book and it says that, but, um, you know, <laughs> I guess just because I want people to, 
to to not take it the wrong way the way they say it but you know it's it's like it's going to take us many years to to understand some of it and for me too I, you know i'm like okay well i'll i'll continue to learn but um but it's it's the type of book that i've been told it's you know it grows as we grow mm-hmm. and the more that we grow the more is unveiled to us mm-hmm. so i get that exactly <laughs> right yeah well you know we're lithotherapists we use stones for healing and we always are curious when we get to talk to people mm-hmm. um what are your favorite stones and uh, crystals, minerals, and that are like that you utilize or that you that's a part of your life? Mm. <laughs> I've got such a collection. <laughs> um, yeah, I you know I like I guess I like quartz a lot, mm. but uh, you know I've I've got two quartz singing bowls that I adore. And, um, what tones I or guess, what key do you have of those? Do you know? I, I think they're G and D, okay. but, um, what I've learned about these bowls is that they actually change pitch. Uh, they, they change on their own and they also change within different environments that they're in as well. So they they don't stay the same. Wow. They're um, reading the field. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. True. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know so much the properties of, of stones mm-hmm. and, and rocks, but, um, and crystals and all the gems that I have, but, um, I always, I always go by feeling. And then once I get to know them a little bit, then I'll look them up and see what their properties are, mm-hmm. which is always interesting because right. it always matches with what I needed. Right. <laughs> um, but, uh. But I, I do have this one favorite um, quartz crystal that I have a funny story about. I uh, I was in this crystal shop, well, bead shop, actually. I didn't even know there was crystals there at the time. And uh, I was really pulled to go down to this, to this lower le- level of the store. And my whole body just got super hot. And I was like, oh, man, there's something down here. <laughs> and... and <laughs> And <laughs> I know <laughs> it sounds crazy, but these are my kind of no, stories that I have. Uh-huh. And, oh, we know that feeling. <laughs> oh, I know. I know you do. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah, there's, there's some, there's something happening, something brewing. So I, I'm like totally like pulled, you know, over to this one counter and I, you know, it's like in the movies where it's like shining light, you know, right on the, <laughs> <I'm just> like, <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> the choir of angels uh-huh. are singing yeah. there's a beam yeah. of light uh-huh. exactly exactly like that in my head at least um <laughs> and i'm like oh so i i asked this lady like can you take it out and and my whole body's just like you know spazzing out like you know you really want this crystal and um and uh <laughs> and uh yeah i just held it and I just felt like supercharged and, um, she said, Oh, this, this 
Cristo was formed in Madagascar and mm-hmm. it formed around um, a body of water. And so it's it's got like a, a pocket of water in it that's mm, um, been in hundreds of years. Yeah. So, um, so uh, yeah, I then I walked home with it, of course. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I keep, you know, crystal with, crystals with me, you know, um, mm-hmm. pretty much wherever I go. So I believe in the power of them. Well, you know, at the end of the day with all things, we, the most important thing is how do you feel? You know, how does yeah. it make you feel? How do you feel connected to it? Um, we yeah. definitely, that's what we focus on with our clients. We will have them go. We have a room here at our cottage where we have a practice that we call the, the stone library. And we have our clients go in there. We know, you know, we know based on their session or what we've been dealing with, what we would be recommending. But the most important thing, the most valid thing is for them to go by and, and to look around and choose what they're guided to, what they feel drawn to. And mm-hmm. always, always, it's exactly what they need. Yeah. Yeah. And which that, is such a beautiful validation right. for them to be able to see for themselves. Uh, you do have the ability to use your intuition. You know, totally. you're, you're, you know mm-hmm. exactly what you need. And Which, your body knows mm-hmm. too. Yeah. yeah, it gets hot and you get all excited and, or you mm-hmm. just feel really drawn and connected. <laughs> you know, actions yeah. we can have. But at, at right. the end of the day, it's what we're... We're listening to ourselves mm-hmm. and we're, we're not questioning that. And it's right. sure like, that's just the place where I would hope to see the rest of the collective and humanity to get mm-hmm. to that place mm-hmm. and, um, yeah. and, and not be, there's so much, everybody walks around with so much self doubt and, uh, right. not trusting what they're receiving themselves mm. as valid. And mm. I think the three of us today are definitely have brought that point home of the importance of that your experience is valid and to trust it. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and you can, you can do it on your own too. I mean, right. that's, that's what I think has been the forefront of, 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 the clients that I work with is um, allowing them to, to come up with their own answers just through a little bit of questioning, you know, simple things. Um, and people really do know what's going on if they, if they kind of shed some of those uh, layers, mm-hmm. you know, they, they are aware of what they need and what they want. And um, so it's, it's always cool. Mm-hmm. to see that happen. Absolutely. Well, Courtney, we are truly just so deeply uh, grateful to get this opportunity to have a conversation with you today and to yes. get to learn more about just who you are mm-hmm. and, and who you are in this moment and your experience to this point. And you know, we know you're going to be having another book that's going to be eventually coming out. You've got this album you're working on. So where can people go? Um, and, and we'll be including, of course, all this information in our show notes and on our website. But um, what is your YouTube channel for people to mm. go and, and 
what's the best point of place where people can get connected with you? Yeah, perfect. Well, um, you can go to my YouTube channel, which is just, just my name, Courtney Amundsen. Okay. A-M-U-N-D-S-O-N. Or you can visit my website, which is teachingsfromgod.com. So you can find me on either of those sites. And I'm also on Instagram and Twitter and uh, Facebook. So you can find me on, on all of those places on Wonderful. my website. As Wonderful. Well. Yeah. well, I know that I'm looking forward to this new album. I'm looking forward to I the know. new book. I'm just excited to just see everything that you're creating and co-creating with all these other beautiful mm-hmm. souls. Yes. Thank, Thank you. Thank you so much much from the bottom of our hearts for (laughs) taking time to just speak with us and um, to explore a lot of these things with us. It was amazing. Mm -hmm. You're amazing. my My pleasure to be on and I enjoyed our conversation and and, and more to come, I'm sure. Oh, hopefully. Um, I hope so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you'll be hearing from us. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, we'll be hearing you we're because be we'll be listening you. to your album uh, <laughs> while well, we're sitting in our office. Exactly. Well, you know, yesterday we, this is the beautiful thing about social media, and I'm just going to say this real mm. quick. Yesterday, we got to see you go buy a ukulele. We got to see you go to Jamba Juice. And then the today <laughs> you've mastered Billy Joel. And you mastered the Billy Joel. We're like, what on the can't ukulele. you do? Exactly. You can sing, yeah. you can channel, you can write a book, you can paint. You can learn Billy Joel in one night on the ukulele. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Or maybe it probably was like an hour. She probably it was just... like half an hour. Half an hour. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever played the ukulele before? Is this your first time to play the ukulele? Yeah. I, you know, this is how it works. I don't even know anymore what life is, but. Well, I'm, I'm in awe. <laughs> Have you always been like that? Just be, with music, being able to just pick something up and play it? Sort of. Yeah. Uh, I just always experiment. Wow. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, I'm a little jealous of that. I posted a new one, so you can go and check that out. Oh, good. Okay, cool. (laughs) Awesome. And just, we love you. We have so much love for you. Thank you for what you're doing for the collective of humanity. Uh, Just your vibrational frequency being on this planet. I can feel it. I love both of you guys, too. And thanks thanks for having me on your show. You can check out all things that Courtney is doing on her website, which is www.teachingsfromgod.com. And there you can keep up with the new music that she's going to be dropping really soon. Her, You can get a copy of her book through her website in addition to getting that on Amazon as well. And um, just staying up with all of the amazing, magical things that she, this, this is a prolific creator, human being. And we hope that you will uh, keep up with her journey uh, with as much enthusiasm as we are. Be the Light podcast is produced by Teal Hobson Lowther. Our amazing theme music was lovingly created by Frequency Jones. Visit our website, BeTheLightRocks.com, 